everybody, it is the Sports Kid here, and today I'm going to be doing my Week 9 NFL predictions. So last week, it was a pretty good week for the kid. I went 13-3, and one of my better weeks of the season. Actually, I think it might be tied for my best week of the season. Uh, actually, no. One week when there was two teams off, I do believe I went 13-2, and but still right up there with the 13 wins. And yeah, it was a fun week of football. My Jets barely got the win, and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about in the top three games of Week 8. So let's kick it right off with uh, number three, Browns uh, losing to the Seahawks 24-20. to I thought this was just a really entertaining game. The Seahawks jumped ahead early. The Browns fought back, looked like they were going to win somehow again with P.J. Walker, but no late mistakes plagued the Browns, and the Seahawks did manage to get the win at home. It was their fifth win of the year. P.J. Walker, under 50% completion percentage, 15 for 31. He did have 248 yards, which I believe is up there for the most, probably the most he's ever had in any of these games he's played in. He had a touchdown pass, two interceptions. I did predict this game correctly, and it was just very interesting overall. P.J. Walker finally lost. Like, I have been waiting for that relentlessly because he should have lost to the Colts. And he probably should have lost to the Niners, too, the way he played. Just not playing good football. And it finally got to him. Then at the number two spot, yes, I do have the Jets of the Giants. I am not claiming that this was beautiful football. It was ugly football. But that is what made this game so great. That is what makes this the number two game. That it was old-fashioned defensive football, something you don't see anymore, and it was the clash of New York. It was a close game. A lot of crazy moments, turnovers, punts, injuries. It had all the drama that a New York rivalry should. So that's why it's here at number two. There was more punts than points in this game. I believe 24 points, 23 point, 24 punts, 23 points. The final was Jets 13-10 to in overtime, and they've now won three straight against the Giants. So how we got here, okay, this first half, the Jets led 7-3. to Giants lost their quarterback and Darren Waller. We lost our offensive line, and we're down to our fourth-string center. And entering the second half, the Giants agenda run the ball. They start off with it, successful on their first drive of the second half, thanks to some Jets penalties. Otherwise, probably would have been a field goal. But they take the lead, and it stays 10-7 to Giants for almost the whole game until the Giants controversially kick a field goal on fourth down in the rain. It was a 35-yarder for Graham Cano, who was uh, one for two on the day. So he already missed one. Instead of going for it on fourth down and one, they elect to kick, which I do believe was the right decision in those circumstances at a 35-yarder. He misses it. The Jets... Take every second they can. Some nice throws from Zach Wilson. A penalty on Kayvon Thibodeau. And the Jets tie it. Get it to OT where they win the football game. Uh, yeah, it was just absolute craziness. They also, I think the biggest complaint that everybody has is that Tommy DeVito, who can throw. I watched him at Syracuse. He had one phenomenal year. Uh, he kind of maybe relived those years. I am a Syracuse football fan, if y'all don't know along with Penn State. Those are my two teams, and yeah, I was really bummed that they did not give him a chance to throw. It worked out for the Jets, but you can't have a quarterback in there that you know can't throw the ball. It was nothing but checkdowns to Saquon, and those didn't even work. There was Jalen Hyatt that didn't even have a target. There's no way that the Giants could have expected to 
make this a successful game without the passing game. It almost worked, but just because something almost works does not mean it's the right thing to do. They should have let him throw. And yeah, that after that crazy game, I did choose to put this one at the number one spot just because it had a lot more offense, a lot more curb appeal, I guess, a lot more luster, a lot more offense. And that is, of course, the Eagles and the Commanders. The Eagles wound up winning 38-31. to And I obviously got this one right. Um, it was similar to that first game where the Commanders really hung around. They led the game and it forced the Eagles to play from behind, something they're not used to doing. But Jalen Hurts, he thrived. He really did. Him and Sam Howell were battling back and forth. Uh, there was eight touchdown passes combined in this game. Each quarterback had four. And it really came down to the battle of the receivers. Dotson had eight catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, who's making a case as a top three wide receiver again, eight receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. So it was, at the end of the day, kind of that one extra receiving touchdown that I think gave him the edge. And with this win, the Eagles sweep the season series. But not very convincingly. You'd expect them to take care of these commanders by a lot more than they did. First time they needed overtime, this time it was a touchdown, they had to come back. So, they get it done, but not in a confident manner. And yeah, it was an exciting week 8, and hopefully week 9 is the exact same thing, with a lot of rivalries and a lot of huge sentimental games. And we start today, tonight, Thursday Night Football, the Titans at the Steelers. Give me the Titans in this one. That is a slight upset. The Titans at plus two and a half points. Will Levis is the story sweeping everyone this week. You know, the rookie quarterback had a fantastic debut. 19 for 29, 238 yards, four touchdowns. Just the third quarterback ever to throw four passing touchdowns in their first career game. He did it against the Falcons defense. It's been pretty solid this year. And I expect him to do just enough against the Steelers' defense, which is a mighty fine defense. Don't get me wrong. It's just the Steelers' offense that I have a complete lack of trust for. They put up 10 points last week. Kenny Pickett got injured. He's going to play tonight, or at least he's going to try to with his injured rib. A rib is not something that you want to mess around with when it's injured. It's a big injury, and if you get hit in the wrong way with that again, we've seen this happen where people come back too soon from that. They wind up missing a lot more time than if they would just let it heal in the first place. So I don't know about this decision, especially considering the Steelers are playoff contenders, but they are deciding to throw him out there. We'll see how that goes for them. Derrick Henry is going to be kind of the X factor in this game. He rushed for over 100 yards last week. He hasn't been all that consistent this week, but he's the kind of guy that you could hand the rock off to and just pound it with him. I mean, if he is on his game, there's a very poor chance that you're going to stop him, and a very poor chance that the opposition's going to win, quite frankly. We've seen him lead these Titans teams to great seasons, that 13-win season a couple years ago. He is just such a useful tool to have, especially with a young quarterback. I expect him to have a good day, too. And yeah. Then we move right along to Sunday, and we finally have early Sunday morning football yet again. This time around, it's going to be the Chiefs and the Dolphins, Ever since week three or week four, this has been a circled game on the calendar, like literally flipping week past week, waiting, oh, when is this Germany game going to happen? Because it is going to be intense. Each team leads their respective division. Each team is 6-2. and two, And each team, you could argue, 
is top three in one category. Dolphins, top three offense. Chiefs have been top three defensively. Let's break it down. The Chiefs are coming off a loss to the Broncos. Very disappointing. I know that Mahomes was sick with the flu. And I understand why you'd put him out there. We saw Michael Jordan win a championship with the flu, but this is a regular season game in frigid weather. I probably would have gone to the backup, especially, you know, after it was a couple possessions that the Chiefs were down, but stuck it out with him. It didn't work out. As for the uh, Dolphins, they beat the Patriots. Not a crazy convincing game, but the biggest storyline from that is they got Jalen Ramsey back. The anger for their defense is returning. And we just mentioned the Chiefs' defense. It's, it's immense. Interesting stat here. Only allowed 13 touchdowns on the year on a total of 83 drives. That's 15.7% of the time. That percentage is top six in the league. The Dolphins, though, can kind of compete now. They got their guy back, their general on defense in Jalen Ramsey. He already opened up his account for turnovers with an interception last week against the Pats. With all this being said, all this numbers... At the end of the day, give me the Chiefs. When I look at all these stats, one jumps out to me in particular. The Chiefs have not lost back-to-back -back games since September of 2021. Over two years ago, I do not think they're starting to do that again on foreign soil. Mahomes is usually Mr. Reliable, and I think he's going to be pissed after that Broncos lost, and the Chiefs are going to get the best of the Dolphins in Germany. Then we move on to the regularly scheduled 1 o'clock Sunday games. This first one is the Vikings at the Falcons. I thought that this could have been an interesting game. We have a more experienced team in the Vikings versus a younger team in the Falcons. But then, earth-shattering news for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is done for the year. Achilles injury. I know how painful that is to lose your QB to an Achilles as a Jets fan, of course. Just sucks, especially when Kirk Cousins was getting so hot. And without that man, I cannot pick the Vikings. I have to pick the Falcons here. Desmond Ritter has been up and down this year. I think that he's going to do good things against this Vikings defense. That, on paper, it's just not good. The numbers look good. The sacks look good. They have one of the leading uh, sack totals in the NFL there, holding their opponents to low numbers like the Niners, like the Packers. But I just feel like at home, Desmond Ritter... This crazy run game, Bijan Robinson, Tyler, Algier, they're going to go off. I think they're going to do really good things, surprise some people, and make this a rout. I really like the Falcons in this one. The Vikings, they're not giving up on their season at 4-4, four four, though. They did trade for Joshua Dobbs, who could be a factor in future weeks, and we will talk about that in future weeks. Give me the Falcons for this particular Sunday. Now we move on to the Bears at the Saints. I would give this the award of most lopsided contest of the week. Not to take anything away from Bajan's game. He is going to remain the quarterback with Fields still out with his dislocated thumb. He's been okay. He was even okay giving them a chance in the early goings against the Chargers. Keeping them within a couple scores in the first half before things just got too out of hand. And Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert in the game. Um, but this Bears team, it's just a bad team. Bad coach team, inexperienced team. They have a DJ Moore here. They did get Montez Sweat, who is probably not going to play this week. It's not enough to take on the Saints. The Saints, at this point to me, they found the winning recipe. I was complaining that they threw the ball too much against, uh, who was it, the Jaguars a couple Thursday Night Footballs ago. 
they heeded my advice. I think they cut the 50 passing attempts in half. They pounded the ball with Kamara. Their defense forced some turnovers against the Colts, and they surprised me. They beat those Colts, and if they could beat the Colts on the road, they could beat the Bears at home pretty easily. They've scored 109 points in their last four games, an average of 27 about. So I think that they're going to get it done against the Bears. It's a pretty easy pick. After that on the slate is going to be the Rams at the Packers. In an NFC battle, I'm taking my second upset of the week. In this one, the Rams are underdogs by a field goal. I have no clue why. The Packers are playing a terrible brand of football. They do not even look like a football team ever since they went down 17 nothing to the Saints in Week 3. I have known that this team was not meant for success. Jordan Love may have had some people fooled in the first couple of weeks, but if he was the answer, you know what? They would have parted with Aaron Rodgers sooner. They would have used him when he was a rookie. They would have used him in his second year. They would not wait till his third year and hang him around on the bench. This is nothing more than a backup quarterback, Jordan Love. And they've looked putrid in their last four games. As for the Rams, they lose a ticky-tacky game against the Steelers. They lost last week in blowout fashion to one of the best teams this year. That's the Cowboys. They'll be fine. They're going to win this game. I know that Puka Nakua has a knee injury. That is why you have two star receivers. And yes, Nakua this year has been on the level that Cooper Cup has been in previous years. So if he's down, Cooper Cup will step up. It might not be by a lot if Nakua doesn't play. And we know Kyron Williams is still out, the running back who's just exploded this year for the Rams. Even with Cooper Cup alone, they could do this. They have Tutu Atwell, who's caught a couple of touchdowns this year. They have Tyler Higby who's a quiet but reliable reliable tight end. So in whatever way they want to do it, the Rams are not losing to the Packers this week. Pick the Rams, people. Next up is another team, the Commanders. They're taking on the Patriots. Commanders were involved in the trade deadline quite a bit, and I'm furious with that team. They went under new ownership this year. I mean, fans were psyched, and what happens? They trade away their two best pass rushers for no good reason. This is a 3-5 and five team. They were a part of the number one game of the week last week against the Eagles. They could easily have two wins against the Eagles. They're one game back of a wildcard spot, and they're acting like they're 0-8. Why in the world would you trade away your number two pick at Chase Young, your reliable pass rusher defensive end and Montez Sweat, I don't care about the draft picks. They have a chance to win now, and that's what they have to do. Last season, they got themselves to seven wins. That is a step in the right direction. Now, what do you have to do? Build on it this season. And honestly, I think that they could have been a wildcard team. They have to play the Giants a couple of times. It's a bad team. They're in the NFC, which is always weaker. You know that eight-win teams could sneak their way into the playoffs. They stuck in with seven wins a couple of years ago when their division was weaker. I completely disagree with this these trades, and it's going to cost them. I mean, they're going out to the Patriots feeling demoralized. If I was any player on that team, I would feel like my organization does not want me to win. Really, I would feel freaking demoralized. So the Patriots are going to take advantage of this. I'm sure Bill Belichick is. They're going to pick up win number three on the year. I mean, why would they not? And even at three and six here that the Patriots will improve to, it's not game over. We saw the Lions start, what, 1-6 last year and have a fighting chance to go to the postseason all the way until the last week. So if you can get hot enough, your season 
is not over at that record. And I'm sure that the Patriots are going to win this game. Give me the Pats. Next up, we have two of the more exciting teams. And that's going to be the Seahawks traveling out east cross-country to take on the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens, you know, they've been pretty consistently good with an interesting loss to the Colts and a weird loss to the Steelers where the offense wasn't there. But other than those two, they really could have 7-8 wins. They're 6-2, first in the AFC uh, North. And I think that they're going to beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks almost lost to P.J. Walker. Did they beat him? Yeah. It's great for them. The, the, I mean, like, the Jets beat the Giants. But the fact of the matter is, they played a horrible quarterback, and they almost lost. It took some late turnovers forced by the defense of the Seahawks, not the offense, to win them that game. And if you almost lost, lose to him, a three-headed monster like Lamar Jackson who can run the ball up your throat, take it to the outside, long routes to Zay Flowers, he uses Mark Andrews, Super well. They've been together for quite some time. They're not going to stand a chance here. The Ravens, keep in mind, they just slaughtered the Lions the other week. They did. So I, I don't see the Seahawks having much of a chance here on the road, especially when the Ravens are one of six teams to score 200 points so far this season. We're about halfway through. That's a great number to have. So give me the Ravens to win this football game. After that, here on the slate is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the upset here. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I have not done great in picking Buccaneers games. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. I don't think many of us had. Many of us had this team being a much worse team. But here they are, competing for the division title in the NFC South, which is actually an okay division this year. It's led by the defense. And if you're asking me defense versus defense here, I definitely love that Bucks defense, who was forced eight turnovers this far about one a game, over that Texans defense. That does have Will Anderson Jr. Great guy. He'll be good in the future. But this Texans defense just can't keep up. The Texans defense had a chance to win them that game against the Panthers late on. And what did they do? Let them march down the field too many times. They let them kick too many field goals. They committed penalties when Eddie Pinheiro, that name, former Jets kicker, was kicking the game-winning field goal. They committed two penalties, not one but two, to move from, what, 10, 15 yards closer? This defense of the Texans is not good. You want to throw out a stat? I don't care. They're not good and they're not ready. The Bucks should win this football game. And it frankly puzzles me that they're underdogs in this game, especially when they have the more experienced QB. But yeah, I like the Bucks on the road. Take the points. And here, with the ninth game of the week, I believe this is our final game of the Sunday 1 o'clock games. I know I said before that the Bears and the Saints may get the award for the least competitive game of the week. This one may take the cake. The Cardinals at the Browns. I do rip on the Browns for P.J. Walker. That's true. But Deshaun Watson, he's eager to get back. He could play this week. Amari Cooper's great. And Kareem Hunt is an under-talked-about piece on this team. They didn't want to give him money, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt bet on himself. It didn't work. He was not going to play football this year. 
At least it didn't seem that way. Then Nick Chubb goes down, he gets a chance. He's been a rock since he's returned. Not Jerome Ford, who stepped up r right after the Nick Chubb injury. It's been Kareem Hunt, the man who's been there since he was traded from the Chiefs five or six years ago. He's a great piece. So is this whole team. It is a very even-keeled team. And the Cardinals are the opposite. They're in the doldrums. They're arguably the worst team in this football league. They traded their QB away. They traded poor Joshua Dobbs away, who made this team watchable all year. I know I used that line before, but he did. He made this team watchable. He was the one interesting piece about this team. You know, this quarterback, he's with a bad team, but he actually looks half decent. Could he be a quarterback with another team? And we have our answer already. He's been traded off to Minnesota, as we mentioned before. But for the Cardinals situation here, they're going to either start rookie Clayton Toon or bring back Kyler Murray. And it's really unfair to Kyler Murray to bring him back when their football team is 1-7 with zero shot going the rest of the way. It's really unfair to him. We'll see what they want to do. I definitely wouldn't overuse Kyler Murray considering this season is all but done. So this should be a free win for the Browns. And if they fuck it up, They'll be the laughing stock, just like the Cowboys were earlier. It would be even more impressive now, though, because they don't have their secret weapon. That's Joshua Dobbs there, starting with probably a rookie here in Clayton Toon. So the Browns, if they don't win this one, they'll be the mockery of the league. The Browns should be a safe bet here. Now we continue right along to the 1-4 o'clock game. And that is the Colts at the Carolina Panthers. In this one, I am going to have to ride with the Colts. I don't know if it's only me, but I am growing a like for the Colts. A like for the Colts fans. I, I'm not saying a love. The only team I will ever love is my Jets. But I'm starting to like them. Because I feel bad for them. I know what it's like to lose games because of the ref. I know what it's like when one side of your team, which is the offense, shows up and the defense doesn't. That's what the Jets fans lived through in times of 2018, 2019, when we didn't have a defense. Now it's kind of the opposite for us Jets fans. But I think that they could take the Panthers. They've had back-to-back -back games here where they put up 65 points in those two games, but they lost them both. In that span, they're running back Jonathan Taylor, 217 yards, one touchdown, and Josh Downs, the uh, rookie receiver has been dynamite. I, honestly, he's overtaking Michael Pittman Jr.'s job as the wide receiver number one. He had 12 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown reception. So if Garner Minshew keeps these kind of numbers up, if Jonathan Taylor keeps these kind of numbers up, as long as the defense puts up even a little bit of a fight, I think they could beat the Panthers. As for the Panthers, yeah. They got win number one, finally. There's no more winless teams in the NFL. And the reason for that is Adam Thielen. But unfortunately, you cannot win a game with a receiver. They beat the Texans because of their uh, offensive struggles and because the Panthers have a good defense. They also did switch up the play calling, which I like. But again, the Colts are the better team. They're a better team than the Saints. I even would say they're a better team than the Cleveland Browns in some respect, but they lost them both on marginal things. They should finally win a game here on the road at the Panthers. Next up is an interesting game. It's the Giants at the Raiders. And when I went on to FanDuel or wherever, I was shocked to see the Giants plus one and a half. 
if you have been living under a rock or you just didn't happen to know, uh, the world blew up for the Raiders this week. They lost to the Lions. Okay. It's looking like their second bad year in a row. After we saw some life, they've lost back-to-back -back games. And they responded. They fired Josh McDaniels and replaced him with Antonio Pierce, a linebacker coach. And they fired the GM, Ziegler. They are given an uh, interim tag to Champ Kelly. Um, he had a good interview, good off-the-script interview, actually, where he seems very motivated. But motivation does not win you football games. You need a certain level of talent, and it is eminent, especially on the Monday Night Football game, that this offense does not have talent. I don't know if it's that Devontae Adams is past his prime or they don't want to use him, whatever the case is. It's not a winning offense. Even in the games they won against, what was it, the Packers? It was the defense. What was the other game they won? I'm trying to think here. I don't remember what it was, but it was always the defense, people. It is the defense that was... It was the Patriots. Their offense didn't do anything against that Patriots defense. It was the Raiders' defense that stopped Mac Jones. So here against the Giants, when you look at the Raiders' best attribute, the defense, we're doing another defensive comparison here, the Giants' defense has been just dynamite the last three weeks. They've allowed 34 points. We saw what they could do against the Jets. Kayvon Thibodeau, sack here, sack there, strip sack. Uh, secondary's looking good. We Sack Wilson couldn't pass at all. Successfully until the very end. I do know that the Giants... Lost a game that they had a 99.9% excuse me, a 99.9% chance of winning. But still, if there was a perfect rebound game, this is it. The team that just fired the coach and the GM and is kind of giving up on whatever the plan was. That is the perfect team to swoop in, take an easy W. The Giants, they really need it after these couple of terrible losses here to the Bills and the Jets. They do need a win, and I think they'll get it at the Raiders. After that is going to be the Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. The Eagles are perfect. They would be 7-0 if it were not for a little team over here named the New York Jets. The J-E-T-S are the only team to beat them so far. And I don't think the Cowboys are joining the club. They are way too streaky. They thrashed the Rams. They got thrashed by the Niners. They thrashed the Giants and Jets. But then they also got thrashed by the Cardinals, in a sense. So this Dallas Cowboys team, it is not one that I can trust. Can I trust the Eagles completely? No. Like I said, they lost to the Jets. They struggled in both NFC East games so far, which both happened to be against the Commanders. We said last week they only won that game 38-31. to And in the first game, they also gave up 31 points. So they give it up to the Commanders and Sam Howell, 31 points each. The defense has me a tad bit worried. But overall, I think that Jalen Hurts can do enough to take down the Cowgirls. For example, last week he had four passing touchdowns. Almost cracked 400 yards. I do know that the Jets' defense forced him to go a little bit bonkers and throw those three interceptions, but since then, it's been kind of steady. You know, the manic sense of his play that week has mellowed out, so to speak. So I think that they should be able to win this all-important divisional matchup. 
And it, it is really important because you look the other way. If the Cowboys were to win, they'd improve to 6-2. and two. Eagles would fall to 7-2. And, and all of a sudden, this is anyone's division. Whereas if the Eagles win, they're up at 8-1. The Cowboys are down at 5-3. and three, Plus, the Eagles have the tiebreaker. So this is a big swing game that I do believe the Eagles should take. Then, on a more serious note, we move to Sunday Night Football. This is the game of the week. Does it have two great teams? Yes. But it also has an individual that put everything on the line, nearly died on the field. That is, of course, Samar Hamlin, returning to the scene of the incident at Cincinnati, where these two teams should have played earlier this calendar year in an early or a late season matchup that happened to be in January. It was a tragedy. It really was. It was one of the darkest days in football history. And it will remain as that. Thankfully, this has turned into a happier story where DeMar Hamlin has recovered from the cardiac arrest, back with the Bills, and you know he's probably going to be emotional in this game, and I'm sure they're going to have a nice ceremony and do things, rightly so. It was just a terrible night. Hopefully this one goes better, as the teams will finally get to play out the game. Who do I think will win? Sorry, DeMar Hamlin and the Bills. Bengals are winning. Who day? Dame Cincinnati Bengals are hot. They won 27-10 to uh, last year in the divisional round against the Bills, who eliminated, I should add, but they are hot this year. They've won three in a row. And I, could, I think that's going to go to four because the Bills are frauds. The Bills are not a good team. There are so many examples here of where the Bills should be a 500 team or a losing team. The Jets should be ahead of this team. The Jets beat this team. We had to throw Zach Wilson out there when he wasn't ready. We still beat him. They should have lost to the Giants, but instead they paid the refs to not call a hold of the end zone. They could have lost to the Buccaneers if Chris Godwin was just a couple inches to his, you know, earlier at the beginning of the end zone, because that Hail Mary should have been caught. They lost to the New England Patriots, who only have two wins. This could be a three-win team. This is not a good football team. This is not a team that I see making the playoffs, even. Josh Allen, unlike Jalen Hurts, has not mellowed out. There's a turnover here and there. We saw it against the Jets, and I don't think it's been fixed. He overpasses the football. He takes shots when he shouldn't be taking shots. He makes bad decisions with the football. He tries to force passes. I know he has Stefan Diggs, but unfortunately, the news flashes, Diggs is not what he used to be. There's aspects of his game that are still star quality, but he is not going to, you know, catch an overthrown ball that's above his head, or he's not going to dive, like, a couple feet this way anymore to necessarily make that impossible catch. Josh Allen has to calm down a little bit, and until he does, this is not a winning team, and they're not going to win against the Bengals. <clears throat> and we now are going to go along here to the final game of the week, the Chargers at the Jets, Monday Night Football. I don't think I have to remind any Jets fan or any football fan what went down the last time there was Monday Night Football for the Jets. And that was a win. A crazy win against the Bills. A night of sadness and a night of joy where we lost our QB, but we kind of this opportunity open for a new QB and Zach 
got the win. Great start to the year. And unfortunately for the Jets, I don't think it's going to be a back-to-back. I think they're going to lose this Monday Night Football game to the Chargers. The Jets should have lost last week to the Giants. There's no doubt about it. We had no offense for three quarters and a half. Besides a check down to Brees Hall that happened to find its way into the end zone. I mean, Zach Wilson was making some okay throws. But I have to disagree with Dan Orlovsky if you saw him on Monday saying that Zach Wilson played well. No. He did not play well. He played well against the Chiefs. He did all right against the Eagles. When the Giants are without their quarterback and you're putting up seven points by Zach Wilson and he did not have a real touchdown pass, that is not good enough. And when you look at the other QB here, Justin Herbert, he is good enough. He absolutely is. He is a top-five quarterback, according to Chris Collinsworth. We heard that on Sunday Night Football. I would not go that far. I would put him at six or seven. But he is a great QB. He has Keenan Allen. He has Austin Eckler. And they would have a much better record if it was for the coach. But the bottom line is, I, I don't have faith in the Jets' offense to get this win. We have players like Thomas Morstead, who is Special Teams Player of the Week, Quincy Williams, Defensive Player of the Month in the AFC, and our beautiful defense, especially in the second half, we're allowing 4.5 points on average in the second half this year. So the Jets are doing a lot of things right, and I think this will be close because of that defense, because of our special teams, but at the end of the day, I don't think that the offense can outdo that of the Chargers. So I think Herbert's going to win this important game, especially for playoffs. This is a key game. And yeah, it should be a fun week. I dearly hope that I am wrong about my Jets, but I can't pick them the way I looked last week. I just can't. There's going to be emotional moments this week up in Cincinnati. There's going to be exciting rivalries. The Cowboys and Eagles won all this time, and there could be a new one opening up between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. We're going to see if how the young teams do, the Panthers, the Texans. There's a lot to look forward to this week. A lot of teams in action, and I hope you enjoy your weekend of football. As always, I am the Sports Kid, signing off. Until next time, be well.